Thanks for joining us on the Hope Podcast. Hope Community Church exists to love people where they are and help them grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. By pursuing this relationship together, we can change the world. We have multiple locations, including an online service found at gethope.tv. If you're not from the greater Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina or near our Agape campus in Haiti, we'd love to still have you be a part of what Hope is up to through our online services. If you do live in our physical area, go to our website at gethope.net to check out where our campuses are located and our service times. Please like and share this with your friends or family. We are so glad you stopped by. Well, Mike is away on a vacation that he had planned uh, months ago, and I talked to him today. He said he is doing great. They're having a great time, and that means I have the privilege of getting to hang with you today and this weekend, and we get a chance to finish out this series together that we've been in called Future Tense, and it's so appropriately named because our future is feeling a little tense, isn't it? We know that Tuesday is just around the corner and uh, people are feeling those tensions. Here's what I can't wait for, right? This is my, I think, the thing I'm looking forward to most. I just want commercials to go back to normal, right? I wanna hear commercials about Doritos and pickup trucks and no more commercials about people arguing and blaming each other. I just, I'm, I'm done, I'm done with that, right? So I think the finish line is in sight. Maybe, I, I don't know, I don't know if it is. Can I give you, can I give you my, my um, election uh, prediction? Can I do that? I'm Canadian, so I don't get to vote anyways. And so I feel like all my bosses are ready to try and like mute me right now, but it's, it's okay, hold on. Here, here's, my, here's my prediction. I think it's gonna take 100% of the votes for us to finally know who is going to be the, the next president, right? I don't think there's gonna be a, a landslide in this. I don't think that anyone is gonna concede early, but here's the reality. Reality is that that's life, isn't it? Getting 90% of the way in anything usually, usually isn't enough. I, I've never had my bank call me and say, hey, you know what, Donnie, you only need to pay 90% of your mortgage this month, right? And, and I've never said to my boss, you only need to pay 90% of my salary this week, right? Like that's, that's never happened. We all have seen the football stories, right? They, the guys that as they get close to the end zone, they start to, to slow down and, and show off. And all of a sudden someone catches up from behind and they, they knock the ball loose and they don't score the touchdown. Or how about in a, in a race, right? When they're a relay race, when you see someone as they, as they get close to pass the baton, but then they drop it like in, in this picture. And it really doesn't matter how fast you, you ran that leg of the race, right? If you don't finish the race, there's not a chance of winning. This just happened about a week or so ago. There was a, not that what we're just gonna see, but a week or so ago in, this, in the uh, World Series, there was someone that we saw. It doesn't matter how hard you hit the ball, you can smoke one into the gap, but if you get thrown out going home, right? The run doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, I quit, right? I, I just, that feels like a perfect summary for 2020 right there, right? Like it started well, and then we just all fell down at some point. And, and I think that's just what happens. In 2015, we were moving from Southern California uh, to come back here to North Carolina. My wife, Laura, and our son, Ty, they, they flew ahead of me. They, Ty was starting a brand new school. He was going to play football, and a football camp started a couple weeks early. And so he came to begin building those relationships. And so I stayed back for a couple of weeks to finish things up. And, uh, and then I began to drive across the country with our dog, Charlie. Now, uh, Charlie was the best dog we've ever had. Please don't tell our current dog that, but, but he really was, he, he was incredible. But the older he got, right, he began to develop all of these, these fears, right? And, and these, these paranoid fears over things. 
And so as we began to drive across the country, as I would pass a truck, right, he would get terrified. As we drove through a storm, he would be so afraid of it that he began to try and climb under me. He tried to climb on top of me the entire time that I was driving across the country. Well, we made it to, to Tennessee. It was our last night. And, and then I was going to finish the drive to North Carolina the next day. And so that morning I got up, I went out and I packed the car, got it all ready. I left Charlie in, in the hotel room while I did that. And I came back in to get him and I discovered that he had, he had peed on the couch. And I mean, he never did things like that, right? Like that just wasn't the kind of dog he was. I, I knew at that point he was done, but I was kind of done too. And so I just took the couch and I, or the, the, the cushion on the couch, I flipped it over, right? And, and we just left and... Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. I have a conscience, right? I'm Canadian. We would apologize before doing something like that. Instead, I just put the ice bucket on there so it looked like it leaked all over it. And, and then we left. But, but I felt that here's the tension that I really felt. It had nothing to do with the couch. I almost left that dog in Tennessee, right? Like I, I was this close. I was just so done. I was so frustrated. I was so tired. I didn't. But I thought for a split second, this dog might not see the finish line. Let me ask you a question. What in your life have you quit recently? What in your life is you just, you just didn't go the distance, right? You just didn't finish all the way. Maybe it was a job that you quit early on. Maybe it was a ministry thing. You started serving and you're like, ah, this is a lot more than I thought it was gonna be. Maybe in a friendship, maybe, maybe for some of us in our marriages. I just read a stat the other day that said during COVID, during this whole quarantine, that the divorce rates are up 43% higher than they were before. Maybe for some of you, it's college. I mean, so far it's been the best 12 years of your life, right? But you're just not sure. You're just not sure that you're gonna finish it all the way. 2020 has given us dozens of reasons to say, I quit throughout this entire year. Maybe for some of us, maybe we've even had this, this thought of maybe I need to quit on my relationship with God, right? Health scares that, that maybe you've gone through, maybe family members around you. Maybe it's some of the family stresses of having your entire family in your house and trying to teach them and trying to do work. Maybe financial pressures. Maybe they were already there and, and now the result of everything else that's going on, you just don't see hope anywhere in the near future. Maybe, maybe a lack of clear answers. You've been praying, you've been begging, you've been asking God, but it, it just doesn't seem like he's, he's gonna answer those questions for you. So I think we all go through those times in life. We all want to finish strong. I mean, whether it's for ourselves, whether it's for our kids, whether it's for our, our grandkids, the problem is, the hard part in this is that we just don't know, we don't know where the finish line is. Right? Mike talked about this in week one. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. We don't know when our last breath is going to be. But what we do know is that there's more to this life than, than just life. A few years ago, the, the world popularized a, a Drake saying called YOLO. And, and I, maybe there's a few of you that aren't Drake fans. I know most of you are. And, and, but just in case, let me explain. YOLO stood for you only live once. The problem is, is that it's not true, right? It's, just, it's not a true statement. That's why I'm trying to popularize a new saying that says YOLT that you only live twice, because that's a true statement, right? In fact, Mike talked about this a couple of weeks ago. He taught on this. When we take our last breath here, we'll begin our new life in either heaven or hell. And I don't have time to unpack all of that. Mike did an incredible job over the past few weeks. And so if you missed those, I would encourage you to go back and to listen to those messages. But Jesus and, and, and the Bible have shown us that how we live here determines not where we go, but it determines what it's gonna be like when we get there, right? At the judgment seat of Christ, everything that, that we have done that has eternal value, we will be rewarded for. 
And those rewards are, are gonna make our eternity better. Mike talked about that. So we know that our time on earth is short, right? We all know that. And we know that we need to make the most of every single opportunity, of every relationship, of every conversation that we have. And so when things aren't going well in our lives, right? We, we can't get hung up on the struggles or on the disappointments or, or even on the failures that we've experienced in life. But you know what? The exact opposite is true too. When things are going well, we can't, we can't lie back in the comforts of our job or our house or our income or our, our vacations. We need to look ahead to eternity. Because when we do that, what it does is it helps us to prioritize on the things that matter most in the, in the limited time that we have left. And it helps us to stay focused on finishing strong. See, if we want a better eternity, and all of us do, we should be intentional about sharing our time, sharing our resources, and sharing the truth about who Jesus is while we have time here on this earth. So today we're gonna to wrap up this series. We're gonna address a, a, an issue that, that maybe some of us are, are wrestling with. When the going gets tough, how do we keep going? How do we finish strong in this life? If you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter four. And let me just kind of set this up a little bit while you're turning there. When Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, he actually wrote two of them that, that are in our Bible now. The first letter that he wrote to Timothy is called... First Timothy and the, the second letter is called Second Timothy. They, they weren't very creative back in, in Bible days, but uh, it says this in, in 2 Timothy 3 verse 1, and you don't need to turn there, but Paul is talking about the last days and he characterizes them this way. He says that they are going to be terrible times. And here's the definition of, of that word. Here's what it means. It means harsh, hard to deal with, violent and, and savage. I mean, is it just me or does it feel like we may already be living in, in these days, right? Several weeks ago, the, the DOJ released this statement. They identified New York City, Portland, and Seattle as jurisdictions permitting violence and the destruction of property. See, this isn't just a 2020 thing. In fact, if you go back centuries, you go back to the book of Judges in the Bible, and it says in there that every man did what was right in his own eyes. When he saw something he wanted, he just took it, right? When there was something that he wanted to do, he would just go and, and do it. It was basic anarchy at that time. For us, marriage vows, often now they're, they're no longer taken seriously, right? The, the vow for better or for worse has become more of a suggestion than it is a, a commitment. Our attitudes for, for, for many of us and in our culture is that if it gets tough, right? It, just don't worry about it, just, just walk away. So I've got news for you. God expects us to take these things very, very seriously. Vows and, and commitments, they're very important to God. In fact, it says this in Numbers 30, verse two. When a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word, but must do everything he said. Ouch, right? <laughs> like for, for many of us, it, we're flooded with memories of times where we broke our vows, where we broke commitments to others. See, when we make a vow to God, he expects us to follow through. God expects us to see it all the way through to the finish line. And so today I wanna give you four commitments. Four commitments that, that if we make these, I think will help us take the decisions that we've made and help us to follow them all the way through and to, to finish strong. In fact, Paul, as he's as he's concluding his thoughts to Timothy in, in 2 Timothy 4, verse 6, he, he begins to share a little bit about his state of mind. And here's what he wrote. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. 
Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. See, if we want to finish strong, then we have to be realistic about about where we are. Here's commitment number one, is you have to do a, a reality check. See, in other words, you have to look at the, the facts of your life realistically. Look at what Paul said in verse six. He said, for I'm already being poured out like a drink offering and the time for my departure is near. Here, here's what Paul's saying. He's saying, let's be real. I, I know that I don't have much time left on this earth. See, when Paul's writing this letter to Timothy, he's actually writing from a, a Roman dungeon. And you don't have to be a history major to know that not many people walked out of Roman dungeons. And so he refused to live with his head in the clouds, thinking that there was gonna be this last minute reprieve. He, he refused to pretend that he had all kinds of time left because it was unrealistic. Why is that important? Well, it's important because of this, because denial weakens determination. See, when we try to live in, in a fantasy world instead of facing reality, right, then there's no need for our determination to stick anymore. But when we face reality in the right way, that's, that's where our determination is needed for us to make it to the end, for us to finish strong. See, if you live in a dream world, I can assure you that you're never gonna be a, a strong finisher because living in a fantasy world will never allow you to face the reality of what's really going on in your life. You may be a great fantastic fantasy football player, but that doesn't mean that you would last five minutes in a real game with real people, right? There's a, a difference between fantasy and reality. And if you're going to follow through, if you're going to finish strong, then we have to face the facts of our lives realistically. Let me give you an example of this. If, if you're married, put, put your hand up if you're married. Some of you, that took a while, right? <laughs> if you're sitting next to your spouse, your marriage might not make the distance. I, I don't know. Your, your marriage, it's not going to last. It's not going to make the difference if we refuse to look at some of those basic realities. If our marriage is going to succeed, Laura and I have to face the fact that there's some realities that we're very different people, right? Laura oftentimes will look at things one way and I often look at them from another view. Laura has a, 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 call, a name for that. She calls it the, the wrong way. Um, but but that's, where, that's where we kind of live, right? And, and, and I've discovered this. Just because I'm always right doesn't mean that there won't be conflict. In fact, the fact that I'm always right seems to create more conflict in, in our marriage. And, and actually, there's times where sometimes we're both right, and yet somehow I'm still wrong, even in all of, all of those times. At, at Christmas a couple years ago, I, I think is a great example of this. We set a budget, we do this every year, right, of how much we were gonna spend on each other. Laura stuck to it, I didn't. And uh, I love buying her gifts, right? And so I knew there was a bunch of things that she wanted and she needed, and so I, I went way above the budget and I, I just ignored it and I bought all this stuff and I wrote these cheesy poems and, and kind of made this game out of it. And I was so excited to watch her open all of these gifts at Christmas until I realized that Partway through, there was a running calculator going on in her head, right? Like, kind of like you would do if you were playing The Price is Right, where all of a sudden you're like, uh, no, you're over, right? You're over about $1, right? Like, that is, it's too far. And with each gift that went over budget, she began to get more and more frustrated because I had broken the rules. Now, for the record, she didn't take any of those gifts back, right? So I don't know that she was that mad at me, right? Like, I, I just feel like I gotta, I gotta say that. But, but I clearly broke the rules in the agreement that we had. And now it creates this little mistrust thing that we have every single Christmas, right? Where we set our budget and she looks at me and she goes, seriously? And I'm like, yeah, well, maybe a little bit more, right? And, and, and we try to figure it out each year. 
Because if you don't face those realities, if you don't learn to live with your differences, what happens is that you begin to separate. And over time, you get separated. And over time, it leads to divorce. So you have to accept the reality that neither you or your spouse are, are perfect. And if you don't, then your marriage won't last. But you know what? This is bigger than just, just a marriage thing. This is true in any relationship. This is true in your relationships at school. It's true in your relationships at work. True in relationships with your friends. If you're gonna finish strong, you have to do daily reality checks. Here's commitment number two. If you're gonna finish strong, you have to finish what you start. How many of you love starting things? How many of you love starting new things after that, right? And not actually finishing the things that we started the first time. Look what Paul said in verse seven. He said, I've fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. See, that shows me some things about Paul's level of commitment. The first thing is that, is that Paul says, you know what, it's gonna be a fight. To finish strong, you're gonna have to fight, which means we need to get prepared for that. Sometimes you have to fight yourself. You have to fight laziness. You have to fight the, the attitudes that you have. You have to fight your insecurities and, and some of your habits. Sometimes you're gonna have to fight other people. People that tell you not to do the things that you know are the right things to do. And if you're gonna finish strong, you, you've gotta be tough. Here's the second thing that Paul shows us. He, he said that he, he finished the race, which means you have to have a plan. I don't know if you've ever run track but, but you don't get to set the course in track, right? You don't, you don't get to run wherever you want to run and then declare yourself the winner when, when you get to that, that place. You have to run the course that is set for you. And if you don't run that course, then you are, you're disqualified. See, God's put boundaries in place for our benefit. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. See, it's going to require discipline that only God can give us for us to stay on course, right? For us to, to finish and to accomplish the plan that he designed for us. And then finally, he says, I have, I've kept the faith. Why is that important? See, being tough and, and having a plan really doesn't matter if you aren't walking with God when you cross the finish line. So Paul says, I fought the fight. I, I finished the race. I, I kept the faith. And if you're gonna finish strong, then you have to commit to finishing the things that you start. And understand there's probably gonna be a cost that's involved, right? There are regularly going to be things that you are gonna to have to sacrifice and say no to, to do the things that are the right things to do. Commitment number three, when the present is tough, focus on the future. Anyone find the present a little tough right now, right? A little tough to deal with. Look at what Paul said in verse eight. He said, now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Here's what Paul's saying. In the future, right, there's a crown that, that has got my name on it. And when I focus on that, right, it helps me to deal with all of the mess that is going on in, in my life, right? Remember, he's in a dungeon experience when he said this. I don't think it would matter if Paul was here in 2020. I think he would say the exact same thing. I am focusing on that day that I meet Jesus. I am focusing on the crown that has been set aside for me for the reward that God has for me. By the way, one of the best ways to focus on the future is through prayer. Because prayer always emphasizes hope. See, prayer is never for God. Prayer is always for us. God doesn't benefit when we, when we pray. 
There's never been a time where I've prayed something and God goes, oh, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that's what you were dealing with, right? Like that blindsided me a little bit on that. We'll have to adjust the plan. That's never happened. Prayer is for my benefit. There's therapy in it for me. When I get to, to take all of my burdens and I get to dump them on God and the best part is it's free. I don't have to pay for it, right? It doesn't cost me anything because whenever I pray, it reminds me that there is hope. And the reason there is hope is because it reminds me that God that God is in control. Paul says, I've fought the good fight and now I'm focusing on the future. I'm focusing on my reward, which leads to commitment number four. If you wanna finish strong, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. The most demoralizing battle, I think, in all of life is is that feeling that you're the only one going through the thing that you're, you're going through. Again, look at what Paul said in verse eight. He said, now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. I love, I love those videos of marathon runners, right? When they get to the end of their race and, and they get the wobbles, right? You know what I'm talking about? When their, their legs kind of start to, to turn to, to jello. I mean, they probably don't love it. I think it's very fun to watch. Uh, but what I love is when you see another runner come alongside them and you know that they have a goal. They wanna finish that race as quickly as possible. But when they sacrifice their time so they can come alongside and help that person get to the finish line and they cross together. Can I give you a comforting thought? You're not in this alone. I mean, if we could gather all of our messes together, it would fill all of our campuses, probably 10, maybe 20 times over. My point is this, you're, you're not alone in your mess. You're not the only one who's facing struggles in their marriage. You're not the only one who's dealing with struggles in your parenting and trying to, to balance all of the things that are happening in life right now. You're not the only one who's dealing with struggles at school, dealing with insecurities and, and comparisons and, and, and fears. You're not the only one that has thoughts of quitting. I don't know if this is comforting for you, but I have those thoughts too. I call them Monday. And uh, it is, I just write it in my calendar, right? The day I quit. And, and it just seems to be there every single Monday because you just gotta get overwhelmed at times. But here's what I want you to remember. We're all in this together. We all put our pants on one leg at a time. Sometimes I miss and stumble around and it's a little awkward and embarrassing. But if we've learned nothing else this year, it's that isolation kills us. And so if you wanna finish strong, don't do it alone. Can I give you a picture? of what finishing strong looks like. I love the encouragement that we get from Jesus on how to finish strong. And in Matthew 25, he has an entire chapter dedicated to what things are gonna be like in the end. And he tells this story about a rich man who's going on a journey and he calls three of his servants together and he, he gives them some gifts. In Matthew 25, verse 15, it says, to one, he gave five bags of gold, to another, two bags, and to another, one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. So the story goes on to say the man with five bags, he took it and he went to work right away. He, he invested some maybe in the stock market. He, he set a kiosk up at the mall selling masks, right? It was very great timing. And, and he doubled what his master had given to him. The story says in the servant that was given two bags of gold, he came up with a fantastic mina project idea. He sold cookies. He doubled his money as well. It, it was great. But the servant who got one bag of gold, he had a different strategy. He was scared to take a risk. It says he was scared of, of what might happen. He was scared what other people were going to say. And so he played it safe. And the story goes on to say that he, he took what was given to him and he actually buried it in the ground. He said, I'll gladly receive the gift. 
I just want to keep it to myself, right? I, I just want to hold on to it. Verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And so the servant that had been given five bags of gold, he brought those five bags to his master and then he presented the other five bags that he had earned, right? And, and this is what his master said in verse 21. He replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Can you imagine I mean, what that felt like in that moment? I mean, that, that's like that moment that you receive praise from your parents. It's the moment where, where the teacher gives you back your, your paper and it's got a big red A on it. Or for me, a, a C plus. But I, I think we just did it different in Canada. I, I think we just graded different or, or something. It's when you scored the game winning goal. It's when you made the team. It's when your boss calls you in and gives you a promotion. It's that moment that you realize that that someone else's happiness is really the source of your happiness. See, as followers of Jesus, this should be our goal. This is the reward for finishing strong, that one day I'm gonna get to stand in front of God and I wanna hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Story goes on and says that the servant who doubled the two bags of gold, he received the same response. He heard, well done. But the servant who had hid his, who, who buried it in the ground, who didn't use what had been given to him, who didn't invest it to benefit others or even to benefit his master, he, he got a different response. Verse 26, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. See, a third servant, he, he made excuses. Instead of realizing from the very start, right, that his responsibility was to serve his master to the best of his ability, that his responsibility, his privilege was to take what was given to him and to invest it. Just to be clear, Jesus is the master in this story, right? We're the servants. And one day we're gonna stand before God and I wanna hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I want you to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I want my friends that don't know Jesus yet to meet Jesus and I want them to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. See, to finish strong, we need to invest what God has given us. The, the greatest treasure that God has given us is, is his gospel, the chance to hear and to respond to who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross. See, Jesus' intention was never for us to keep it to ourselves. His intention was always for us to invest it in the lives of others. A couple years ago, one of my closest friends called me and he asked if we could meet for breakfast. And uh, as a pastor, right, I mean, I spent four years and tens of thousands of dollars uh, studying how to prepare for worst case scenarios. And so I, I was prepared for this. I, I began thinking, well, I mean, his wife is awesome. I mean, way better than him, right? And, and he knows that, I know that. My wife is way better than me. We talk all the time. What happens if they ever figure it out? And all of a sudden it kicked in. I was like, oh, she figured it out, right? Like she figured out that she's way better than him. And maybe that's what we're gonna talk about. Or maybe it had to do with their son. So he was involved in a, in a high school small group. I was his small group leader and, and we were tight, yo, but, but maybe, maybe there was something that I had missed. And I thought, well, maybe it's a work thing. Maybe it's a health thing, something that they're dealing with. And, and so I went through all of the scenarios except for one. And so we met at Panera and, and he sat across the table and he looked at me and he said, hey, I, I just wanna make sure that I'm going to heaven. I said, wow. And so we talked, right? We talked about the gospel. 
We talked about Jesus being God's perfect son. We talked about that through his death that, that he defeated sin and, and that he removed our, our sin from us, that through his resurrection, he proved that he's God and that by his grace, he gives us this free gift of, of salvation and security, that we know that we will spend eternity in a relationship with God if we simply say yes in faith to him. And that morning we sat there at that table at Panera and we locked it down, right? And, and I've watched him grow every single day since then. But you know what I realized that day? I'm a lousy pastor. <laughs> and I realized that it, I was even a worse friend. See, we, we had talked all the time. We talked about our families and jobs and finances and baseball and golf. I mean, we talked about all those things, but, but I hadn't talked with him soon enough about, about Jesus. See, I'm not always good at this. In, in real life, I'm, I'm not. But that day reminded me, every, sing, every single day since then for the past two years, that I don't want any of my friends that don't know Jesus to not know Jesus because I buried the gift that was given to me. Every day I want to invest what it is that I've received from God. This past week, there was a story on our, on our Instagram account but a young man who was new to the area and he was, he was going to get some errands when he drove by our Raleigh campus and he saw a, a sign for the, the food pantry. And God had a plan for him that day and he turned around and he came back. And while he was waiting for his groceries, one of our prayer volunteers began to share the gospel with him and, and he accepted Jesus right there on the spot. I mean, how incredible is that, right? And since then, he's... He's been volunteering every single week, serving others at this same pantry where he, where he met Jesus. And I couldn't help when I read it, I couldn't help but thinking, could, could you imagine if that volunteer hadn't said yes to serving? I mean, what if they had decided that day, you know what, I, I'm not that important. They don't need me. I'm sure someone else will, will take care of it. What if that day they hadn't shared the gospel with him? What if they didn't give him a chance to respond? And I thought about this, what, what if that had been you? This week, a man stopped by our Apex campus and I met with him and uh, he gave me a heartbreaking story. His grandson had just passed away, nine years old, and he needed gas to get to Charlotte for the funeral. And so we don't keep cash on hand at our campuses. In fact, we've got a, an incredible care team and they've got these great systems in place and we put people into those systems and they get cared for through that. But I, in that moment, I just sensed God saying, Donnie, I want you to do something. And so we both got in our cars and we went to a gas station just down the road and I personally filled up his car. And I told him that we loved him. I told him that God loved him. And I said, you, you know that if there's anything you ever need, right? We're here for you. I don't share that to be the hero of the story. I, I honestly don't know where this guy is in his relationship with Jesus. But just maybe, just maybe through that encounter, right? Maybe God, maybe God helped him take one step closer. So we all have those neighbors, even the one that's got the sign for the guy that you would never vote for, right? I want them to know Jesus. We all have coworkers. We spend hours hours at it every day with them. I, I want them to know Jesus. Classmates that we go to school with, whether it's in person or, or online, I want them to know Jesus. Friends that we have known since college, since high school, maybe even as far back as middle school, I want them to know Jesus. That family member. We desperately want to know Jesus. 
So here's what Jesus said in verse 29. He said, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. One day, every single one of us is gonna stand before Jesus. I wanna hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I want you to hear that. I want every person that we know to hear that. The bottom line is this, the, the greatest way to finish strong is to invite others into the greatest gift that has ever been given. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? If you've never said yes to Jesus, maybe, I don't know, maybe just something in, in, in this series, finally it, it's, it's just made sense. Or finally you, you get it. Maybe it's just everything that's been going on in 2020, right? That you're, you're finally at a place where you're just like, I, I just can't do this on my own anymore. I'm so tired. And if there's a God out there that truly loves me, that, that truly has done all of this for me, I, I need that. I want you to know that God loves you. He couldn't love you more. There is nothing that you could do to earn his love any more than he loves you. And there's also nothing that you have ever done that could cause him to love you less than he does. He sent his son Jesus to die in your place, to take your sin, to take the, the punishment of that sin, to give you salvation, and to give you security. One day you can stand confidently knowing that you will be in God's presence for eternity. You can't earn it. There's nothing you can do except simply say yes in faith. And if that's you today, then just in, in the quiet of your heart, wherever you are here in this room, if you're, if you're watching online, would you just pray, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me, for forgiving me and for saving me. I give you my life in return. If that's you today, I just wanna say congratulations. That you can be confident that you have been forgiven and that you have been set free. Father, we just bow in your presence and God, we just wanna say thank you. God, for all that you have done for us. Father, most of us in this room, most of us here watching online, at some point in our journey, we have said yes to you. We gladly received that treasure that you gave to us in, in Jesus. But too often we bury that treasure. Maybe it's out of fear. Maybe it's, it's out of selfishness, maybe, maybe laziness. I, I don't know, but God, I, I just want to confess that to you today. I want to ask for your strength to change. God, would you please break our hearts for those around us, for those that don't know you. And God, would you give us the courage to be able to show you and to be able to share you at every opportunity, in every relationship that we have. God, would you give us a name even right now Somebody this week, Father, we can be praying for. God, we can look for an opportunity. Share with them how much you love them, God. God, we know the rest is up to you. That's not our job to save anyone. But God, it's our job to finish strong. And it's our job to invest what you've invested in us back into the lives of our friends. So God, we say thank you. We love you. 
God, would you give us the strength and the courage we need to finish strong today and every single day that you give us breath. In your perfect son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Hope Podcast. We appreciate you joining us as we tackle issues facing our modern world from a biblical perspective. To make sure you don't miss a message, please take a moment and hit the subscribe button. Also, if you're new to Hope and want to check out what we're about and how to be a part of our community, go to our next steps at gethope.net slash next. Let us know your story because we'd love to connect with you.